Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. I am really excited to have this conversation today. We're going to have some fun. Our guest today is Dan Clark, and he is a, if I recall correctly, because we don't do bios here, they can read that in the show notes. You're going to tell us in a minute, but he's a teacher turned teacher, right? In a way, really working with complex kids in terms of technology and using technology for its greatest good with, with young people. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, I think that's about right. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for everyone. Yeah. Basically I run MindJam and basically what MindJam is, is emotional support for, for children and adolescents struggling with, all sorts of emotional issues and anxieties and ASD and autism, PDA through gaming and game design. So it's embracing that love that the kids have already for gaming and coming in on their level and saying, yes, we love gaming as well. I love this game show is all about it. And you naturally get this bond and this trust that forms that then you can start talking about issues, life, goals, dreams, problems, any, anything basically. And it's, um, yeah, it's a lovely thing to be doing. Especially in this day and age. And so, and just so you know, I found Dan because I heard him on a podcast and I went, oh my God, my people need to know him. So that's why he's here. Cause I've heard him speak. I am going to ask you to slow down a little bit for my benefit because I have dyslexia and it's hard for me to process information. Yep. That's Sometimes. okay. I think that's a little bit of a, my sort of ADHD that comes in like, blah, like that. So yeah, just slow me down on the actual podcast. You can put me in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> There's some people that I have to listen to in time and a half or two times. And sometimes I have to slow it down. So you just yep, never know. Yeah. I'll slow okay. down a bit. Don't worry. So Dan, tell us how you came to be doing this work. What is it that you do with families of complex kids and how'd you come to be doing it? So, yeah, it was quite a long road. My uh, teaching career has been through ICT and music. And what I started to notice, uh, I went more one-to-one teaching children and they were coming to me. And as well as what we had to learn, it was all about talking and and building their confidence and adding that positivity into their lives. And a lot of what we connected with was gaming. It was just something I love, obviously. And their eyes light up if they know you're a fellow gamer and suddenly you're on the same level. And you're not, right. this, there's not this hierarchy there. It's, it's, oh, great. And, you know, they suddenly trust you. And you can talk about a lot of things. But again, being a teacher, you always had to come back to these goals, targets that they're, you know. and Metrics. And, yeah. Metrics, and, right. And um, so I wanted to kind of take those boundaries away and just see what would happen if you just, the goal was just to meet in a game and follow the child's interests and the young person's interests. And so if they want to learn about digital art or music, brilliant. But if they just want to be the best Fortnite player in the world, brilliant. Let's just, you know, and we connect on that level. So that was the idea. And then the pandemic hit 
Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, okay, let's go with this. And so it soon snowballed, basically, and my time dog got jam-packed. And it, it really, really works. The kids, like I say, there's, there's so many that are lost. They don't know where they're going. They can't get to school. And, you know, they're stuck in the bedrooms. And the thought of even getting them on a couch to talk to a therapist it would not happen. So that's right. where that's where we are. We're classed as a mentor. So we don't present as a therapist and we don't present as a teacher, but we can do both. Mm-hmm. So we can do the talking therapy in the session. And a lot of the time they don't really know they're doing it. We're, we're putting it into the characters in the game and how they might feel and creating scenarios and situations or and then related to things. And then, of course, the teaching, again, is very gentle, very child-led, uh, low demand, but it's based on things they really want to do. So they could be in Roblox and go, I wish I could make a Roblox game. And we can then be like, well, let's, let's look into it. Let's do, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. And we do it together. So now, do you up. work by yourself or do you have a team that works with you? Or uh, So it was me at first and mm-hmm. then my, my timetable soon got jam-packed. And right. I thought, well, this is... Um, We're on to something know, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not just on something, but also I've got two autistic children myself as well. Mm-hmm. And I know the painfulness. I've seen something. You think that would be great for my child. And you're on a waiting list. You can't access it. And it's two yeah. years down the line. And you're like, it's too late now. So my goal was to grow, expand Mind Jam with demand. Uh, so Say it now- again, slower. Expand Mind Jam with Demand. Mind Jam. Jam. Yeah, that's Got the name. Yeah, mind Jam. Yeah. Um, okay. So now in the space of a year, it's gone from just me to we've got 23 mentors now. And wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a busy year. Now, are um, they all therapists? I mean, are, yeah, what's the training? Uh, Everyone has worked professionally with SEN children. So they've either come from uh, teaching, uh, counseling, care, psychology, any side of that. They, that's a must. And then the other side is they all have to uh, have a passion for gaming because that's that's something you cannot fake. The, no. the, child, <laughs> the young person will see straight through it. You could be trying to play Minecraft, but yeah, yeah, when you're like looking at the ceiling and things. So um, yeah, we've got a fantastic team and they've all got different strengths, which we pull together and we help each other. So we might, for each child's different, each child's interest different. So we've got a specific set of coders who really can help children learn a lot about coding. And then we've got a set of animators who, you know, because the whole gaming world, when you think about gaming, I think everybody thinks coding, but that's just a right. tiny side of it. It's games have like lush music throughout it. They have storyboards, so a lot of writing, a lot of scripting, and then there's also all the graphic side of it. There's all the animation. There's all the character designs. There's so many different places that people could be, and so we kind of you know show children and young people that their future could be in the games industry, mm-hmm. or or just utilizing that passion in computers and the skills that they already have to see other goals like data analysts or, you know, working for Google, Amazon, there's so many opportunities out there. Right. It's, it's a very so, exciting time. So would you say that you're teaching life skills or, or social and emotional development or yeah, like yeah, it's, it's a, a career of, skills, like, or all yeah, of that's it? A, there's a bit of everything in there. So the main goal is that emotional support. Someone there, a trusted adult, that they can uh, feel like they can open up if they want to and talk about these problems of you know why they can't get to school or why they can't make friends or why they lost certain friends or you know all that side of it. But then the other side is obviously we can talk about life and the future goals because especially when children and young people who can't access normal education get to 13, 14, 15, they start thinking, 
what am I going to do? And yeah. and the parents are panicking as well. What what are you going to do? And and yeah, actually. Well, and what I want want parents to really, I want them to hear what you just said, which is that at 14 or 15, the kids are starting to think about it. Even if we don't think they're starting to think about it. (laughs) And we think we're the only ones who care. No, they really do care. They are starting to think about it and they're worried. Yeah. And that's why they almost back away from the conversation because- It's not, you know, it's not pleasant. They don't know. But what we help do is realize that there's so many opportunities on the skills they've got. The fact that they maybe spend more time than others on a computer or on a on an iPad or, you know, is actually giving them real life skills. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what, one important thing I want to say. Uh, yeah, we encourage healthy screen time. I'll go into that in a minute. But, you know, a, a lot of the time, time spent in schools is time away from learning these real skills that they're really interested in that. A lot of these young people I see when they're 13, 14, they're, they're entrepreneurs. They're mm-hmm. coming up with, they're selling things on Roblox or they're coming up with ideas and they're going to create their future job. It'd be right. something we don't even know. You know, you see people using heavy machinery and they're controlling it with mobile phones. Yes, I just uh, saw that recently. We had, a, had to have an old tree taken down and the guy's out there with a with a exactly. digital thing, stunt, grump, what do you call it? Grinding out the stuff. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this yeah, guy's some, playing a video game and getting, yeah. paid a lot of money for it yeah that's, by the way that's the thing there's so <laughs> there's so many roles so we help see that i mean in we've got good contacts with the in the gaming industry ourselves we've talked with sony and and um they hire a, a, they're so good at diversity uh, mm-hmm. because you don't need to work nine to five you don't need to be in an office you could you know if if you are nocturnal that's fine you know as long as the work gets done they don't mind and they work with people who selective mutes who can't have never met them in their lives but they send them the brief they do the amazing artwork or whatever it is they send it back perfect they're making a career out of it so whatever stage someone is with their anxiety in their life there's still a role for them and it's a very you know where they can feel safe this is great so i'm channeling all the parents i hear going but but I don't want my kid to be nocturnal, but I don't want, I want my kid to learn how to function in quote, the real world. And you're a dad, you've got two kids yourself. So like, what's your rebuttal to that? So that was, (laughs) that was the other side I was going to say. Yes. So obviously some people can't, they have what they're not 24 and they just can't, that is just that to but other children. Yes. If they're not in school, they get a a sort of nighttime cycle. So it's getting them out of that. Then what we talk about a lot is, is that to be, if a great designer or a great gamer, you need to be healthy. And the top esports players are athletes, the top gamers. And the less breaks you have, the less fresh air, exercise, eating well, sleeping well, you will be a worse gamer. And we kind of we will bring it in in that way. So in a it rather than it being get off the screen, it's bad for you. It's like if you want to be really good at that game, you need to have exercise. That's what mm-hmm. you know these guys do. It's what you know all the top top players do they meditate they do yoga they you know and it's we bring in all that side of it but then also yes so the other side as well of you know being trapped in their room and you want them to be social Uh, I mean uh, I think we've all learned through the pandemic that being on computers is far more social than everyone thought you can get like that but also it can be a great sort of grounding for getting over your social anxieties we use it a lot so we we tend to be the first point of call for a a child who can't access anything and we come in that trusting way but just online and what i've seen many times is once they've got they've suddenly had a positive experience with us they can start 
accessing other things, going to an animal therapy place or trying school for a couple of days a week or mm-hmm. that side of it. So it, it does, you know, we do lead on to sort of helping people access the outside world and showing that not everything is this traumatic situation that may have happened in their past. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's- well, and we're seeing that so much with families who are struggling with kids with school refusal and, and unable to re-access the world since the pandemic. And yeah. what I'm hearing you saying is that it's a slow, gradual process. That we just kind of yeah. need to get a foot in the door. Yeah. It's that thing. I think a lot of people, what they've found is they've, they've gone straight back into school and then that fight or flight comes in the anxiety's up and then it's i'm never going to do that again whereas yes. if, if it's that gradual then it's like i tried it i didn't quite like it today that's okay you come back you come forward you edge it in and uh it just obviously it doesn't work for everybody some people are you know are, are quite ill and they need that bit more time or that bit more help but generally i think it's what i found it's all through positivity and all mm-hmm. through giving them confidence uh, in themselves and self-belief um, and the more they have that, the more they're open to trying other things. Wow. So yeah. what is it that you think parents of complex kids and, you know, you come from the from the realm, you've got a lot of experience with autism. I found you on a PDA summit. PDA, for those of you who don't know, is pathological demand avoidance, which does not exist in the U.S., but does exist in the U.K. And I think it's kind of a, a manifestation of autism, very much like Asperger's is a manifestation of autism. Yeah, um, I think we'll see it here in this country in the future, but not yet. So you come from from that world. Now I've lost the question I was asking. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think parents really need to understand about all of these complex kids, and particularly in that arena? Yeah, well, I think what I always say is spend time actually seeing what they're doing. I'm not saying ev- nobody does that. I'm sure a lot of people do, but actually focus on what they're actually doing in that game rather than it's, are oh, you on that game again? Or they're just blabbing about the latest thing and it's just going over your head. But actually see what they're doing because that's the thing that amazes me is that, and this is why it's quite easy and where we come in because we understand gaming, that we can come in and be like, you are amazing at that. You know, they're not just good they are incredible yeah. you know and, and the speed I go back to Fortnite, but the speed they build and and play around i mean it's just insane minecraft is oh, still so one creative of the, it's an amazing game and you know it's still, it'll be around forever i think the, the game it doesn't need to change it's just what it is but you see the creativity in that mm-hmm. the, what's great in minecraft and this is what works well for autism and adhd is you can do what you feel like doing. So, it, you know, it's what's called a sandbox game. So you, you, if you feel creative and you want to build, great. If you want to go on an adventure and build your own kind of story, you can do that. If you want to have fast one-on-one fighting with someone, you can do that. So it kind of fits every mood that the child might be in. Uh, Roblox, again. I was, I was thinking Sorry. about how my son used to get it. He would build these elaborate worlds in Minecraft and then blow them up. Yeah, I'd be sitting there going, you just spent like five hours on this and now you're blowing it up. But that was fun for him. Yeah, they love right? it. You know, it's that calm time. It's seeing, I think a lot of people recognize now that, uh, you know, gaming and certain games are very meditative, you know, and it's very calming for them. If their mind's in quite a hectic place or the feel out of place to come back to that game, they know the rules and know how it works and know the controls. It's their safe place is there yeah. you know and um so i think it's recognizing that as well that they're not doing it let sorry, me let me sorry. just ask you a quick question 
maybe it's a quick question. You said a <laughs> sandbox game. And so now you've got me curious about are there what are the different classifications or categories of games that parents might want to know about? Yeah, so sandbox game is your creative game where basically you can you can make things, you can do basically what you want. You playing you're playing with it like you would play in a sandbox. So you play okay. how you want to play. So that's your Minecraft, and um, there's lots of other games. There's a wonderful thing on PlayStation called Dreams, and that is uh, kind of a sandbox, but also you can build your own games in there as well. There's uh, <laughs> I've got this one child who's so smart, and he plays this one. What's it called? Powder toy, it's called. And you've got all the elements in there. And he built he built a nuclear reactor in it because you can you can just build it. But he, he found out how to do it himself and it worked because he can test it and see if it would blow up the city or or whatever. And you know, you know he, a lot of people would be scared of that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. But I also was like, oh my god, that's you know, that's incredible. So yeah, you've got your sandbox games, then you've got your action games, so you've got your uh, the Fortnites, uh I, I guess you class Roblox as kind of an action game. I'll, I'll go into robots in a minute because that's something completely different, uh, you know. And all your, if for your old ones, Call of Duty and the, all your shooter ones. And again, these aren't necessarily bad. And I understand if people are against violence and want to keep the children away from it. But the ones that play it, it's great for cognitive response. You know, it's really get that dexterity. It's proven. You know, if you use that, you're you're quicker at seeing things and spotting things. And you know, and that's again another thing I see is the speed that these these young people can move around these games and then you've got your sports games of course you've got your fifa and football i think you guys have um what's it called madden american football guy (laughs) that's the one yeah and uh, huge on baseball that's a great one on there as well and you drive in sims there's basically everything there but what i've noticed now is there's a blurring of the lines so even even you get this in roblox you get this in fortnite you get this in minecraft where you can build your own games in that. So there's Fortnite creative mode where people are building completely different types of games inside Fortnite. And same on Roblox. You can think of Roblox Studio where you can build your own games. And it can be, you know, any style of game. So you said you were going to get back to Roblox. What's Roblox? (laughs) Yeah. So Roblox is an interesting one because I know a lot of children obviously play it. And a lot of parents probably just hear the scaremongering, you know, shouldn't play robots. There's all these dangers. Now, yeah, it's what I would class it as is almost like a YouTube of gaming. There is okay. everybody can make a Roblox game and then release it. Now, they are, you know, if they have to. Now, Roblox are very careful at assessing each game. Sometimes, I guess, something might slip through the crackage when we hear these horror stories of certain types of games. But understanding Roblox is, I think, especially for ADHD, which my son has, it's really good because you can, there's so many different games. So it's like, plays that for five minutes, right, and bother that next one. And it really satisfies that. Where, that you know, when to that stimulate and move yes, from one thing yeah. to another. Um, and they love it. And the more, I, it was something, before I started doing my job, I didn't know too much about it, apart from my kids played it and it, it looked like quite a childish game. But actually, what I found with Roblox is it's led on to so many children learning about coding because of this Roblox studio assigned to it. And there's suddenly, they can earn Robux by making their own game and so many people play it and then they can put a little price on it and they earn Robux and then they can make more. And it's that entrepreneurial, I can't say it now. Entrepreneurial (laughs) spirit. Yep. Uh, So it is, you know, it's really got a use. And the great thing about Robux is Robux Studio, it leads on to, it's very similar to what's called Unity, which is a professional game making package that, probably about 50% of the games we see are made on Unity. The other one's Unreal Engine. And it's very similar in its layout to Roblox Studio. So it's almost like a, a great introduction 
to them uh, moving to, into to the grown up yeah, yeah, version. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so many questions and not a lot of time. I know, I know. So two things. One, we haven't mentioned, but discourse, where does discourse oh, fit into all of this? I'll, discourse. I'll dis- discord. Yes. Now yes. discord is again, it's <laughs> another it community. It's a communication platform, but probably about 90% of, of kids over 11 really use it. It's supposed to be 13 plus because again, it's got a lot of, you can find groups and they, it's based on the interests. So what it's great is if your child or, or young person has got an, a really specific interest in trains or some form of manga uh, or anything, you can find a group of like-minded people who all love it. You know, that you can talk about my daughter. Uh, she's 15 now and she's made a lot of her real good friends around the world through mm-hmm. Discord. You know, so it yeah. is, you know, there's that trust. You have to, I would say, if your child is accessing it and they're younger, do it in a room that in a way that you're allowed to see what's going on. And yeah. I say that for any any sort of overage games as well. I think it's always nice to do that in a place where, you know, if you are letting them do it, that's the parent's choice. And but yeah, for the safety, be in the room, be accepting that then the child can open up about is this a bit odd what this person said to me? And you can talk about it rather than if it's all secret, then that's when you don't spot these things. But yeah, so Discord is, yeah. Communication. Okay. Two other questions. One is (laughs) you haven't talked about strategy yet. And I'm interested in where strategies, do a lot of these games have strategy? Are there specifically strategy games? Yes. So that's, sorry, that is the other other main thing is strategy puzzle games and strategy games and these are brilliant again for planning out you know and it's learning the rules are so complex some of these games so you've got big big war games like civilization and things where you're factoring in but then there's also smaller things like a fab game called balloons and all it is it's called what's called a tower defense game and basically you've got monkeys and they pop balloons, but you've got different types of monkeys and they pop different. And it's actually super complex, but in a really nice, charming way for the kids. And they learn, yeah, again, strategy and planning and working out what's going to work best. And it's fab. And again, puzzle solving as well. I mean, it's actually proven now that, uh, you know, gaming enhances gray matter and does make you smarter. Um, it's actually a proven test now, which is fab to see. Gaming enhances gray matter. I love it. Yeah. We'll see where that fits into, into my show notes. Um, I love that. Okay. So one more question before we really have to wrap, because we're a li- yeah. little over time, but it's just your wealth of information. <laughs> it's okay. Um, no okay. A lot of parents are worried that the only friends their kids have seem to be friends they've made online. And so they're not sure they can trust them. They're not sure if that's really qualifies. They want them to have real friends in person. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I understand. Uh, I think there's two sides to that. There is, I've been a parent myself. I've seen it. You know, my daughter was struggling really badly a few years ago and couldn't get into school and they, you know, couldn't really leave the house. And that was somewhere, these were her connections to the world. So in a way, that's a positive thing, isn't it? But again, especially for the younger ones, being a way that you you're allowed to see the conversations, you know, in, in a way, I think. But yes, we all want physical contact and learn those social skills of actually talking to somebody. It doesn't necessarily have to be in school, does it? But it's just and that. So building towards that, one thing I've found really good for the slightly older one, for, for over 13, uh, virtual reality. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Oculus Quest now is so accessible and so easy to use. There's this game, I would only recommend it for over 13s, um, called VR Chat. 
And I've just, just because I've seen it firsthand with a few of my students and with my daughter, uh, but basically you're physically, you're in the world. And it, all it is, is it's a game where you can wear your favorite avatar. So you could mm-hmm. be, you know, cartoon hero or gaming hero. And then you go to different room because there's a r- themes on, I don't know, Five Nights at Freddy's or on, um, you know, any sort of game, Minecraft, there's Minecraft rooms, there's all sorts. And they're meeting people and you're chatting and you're having a laugh. And it's from having a daughter who was almost mute to suddenly hearing her talking to people. It was like, it's this amazing. really works. You know, yes, yeah. you've got you've got your safety. You've got to have your security there. So we always had her do it in the same room that we were set up uh, mm-hmm. so we could hear what was happening. And a lot of these now have real good, you can mute people straight away, you can ban them straight away. So, you know, there's that side of protection as well and then i've seen that confidence come to them wanting to then meet people to then be able and, to talk, jo- apply yeah, it. yeah join a club you know again the game is the gaming just leads on to more friends from gaming so uh, i don't know how it is in the us but we have quite a few little pl- youth clubs they're called and you know it'll be gaming nights and things like that where people will bring in their vr or their nintendo switch and they'll play together And I know parents are hearing that and going, but I want them to be with each other. And this is their way of being with each other. Right. We have to understand that this is a new realm and a new world. And that if they're connecting with other humans, you know, to look for the positive in that. Yeah. And I've I've found that it does not say a complete free screen time, but if you give them enough screen time, they will get to stage where they're like, I'm going Enough. to do something else. Yeah. yeah. And um, and they do it with the friends as well. And if you've got a friend around, especially when they've got confidence around that group of people, they'll be like, let's go and play on a bike. So let's, you know, and do yeah. something else. Yeah. All right. So there's so I, there's more I would love to talk about. And we really have to wrap this up. I'm so because um, we didn't even talk about Dungeons and Dragons and that whole. Oh, world, no. Really. Oh, we could go off on that now. Right. No, no, no. no. Okay, yeah. Maybe another conversation. Maybe. I um, think that's t- what. That's why I talk so fast to get all the information. (laughs) So, so tell people how they can find out more about you. Where, where can they, you said mind jam. Yes, it's MindJam. So it's mindjam.org.uk. Now we're based in the UK, but we do, we offer sessions all around the world digital age we're not restricted so we have we have students in the us canada new zealand australia um so so do get in touch if you feel that this might be right for your child and as i said before i am growing with demand because i you know if you i think people see this and go yes this is it this is what i've been needing you know and what they need to make that first step and i don't want that to be inaccessible so so, when when we first start when the pandemic first started my my middle kid was in college or just graduated from college and one of her friends whom i knew and trusted greatly had started a a D group for teens or for for pre for middle school kids and i was promoting it because i wanted parents to know that there was a safe place for their kids to be with somebody who they could really trust to steward them in this world in a safe and conscious way. And, yeah. and I really want to acknowledge that what I see from Mind Jam is that it's, yes, we're in the world of gaming and we're doing it consciously and intentionally and mindfully with an eye towards learning and, and invo- enrolling kids in, in their full life. Yeah, that's basically what it is. That's a point I meant to make. Actually, we talk about the social etiquette as well and how, how to conduct yourself online how not to be how to deal with toxic players and how not to be toxic yourself you know we yeah. we have a lot of children that have had bad relationships online and a lot of sometimes it's come from them and it's just <laughs> a learned learn behavior because it's not taught it's not yeah. taught and uh, you know so i think it is really important so we you know and we really promote 
you know, I think if you come on the same level as a child, then they're going to listen to you more than going, beware of the dangers, it's evil. And they'll be like, they'll do it in secret, you know, if you're not careful. Um, So if you you do it in an understanding way, I think you get more rewards from that. Agreed. All right, so we have to wrap. Anything else we haven't touched on or anything you want to highlight that we have touched on? Uh, Yeah, just the main thing. I think if you want to, it's watch what your child's doing. Have a look at them. If whatever game they're playing, their favorite game, uh, or or even play with them. And, uh, you know, you might not be a gamer, but have a go. It might be such a laugh. You know, they'll probably be head in hands. My kids, kids love to see how bad I am. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So so really engage with them and get curious. I would offer to parents get curious about what is it about the game that is yeah. interesting to them because that's, that's an insight for you as to how they might apply it in their life. And yeah, I know we run out of time, but I just wanted to say you know it's also that understanding of online games that they can't be paused, and so you might have a lot of meltdowns because you said come off you know it's time to come off i told you nine o'clock or whatever it is you're off that and then you turn it off and the fact is they might be either winning that game or they might have had an awful game before and they're trying to make up for that or even worse in some games you get penalized for leaving a game and you could be you could be banned um for a few days yeah we encourage parents to to figure out with your kid how long it takes them to get off of a particular game because diane sat with her son once and realized it was 22 minutes just to get off the game so she five minute warning wasn't going to work no, you have to set right. that realistic timing and, and get them thinking, you know, have, you know, we've yeah. got to leave the house then. Have you got time to play a whole match, you know, right. and that side of it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Favorite quote or motto to wrap us up? Um, there's load, but I liked um, failure doesn't mean game over. It means mm. try get try again with experience. Ooh, failure doesn't mean game over. It means try again with experience. I love that. Beautiful. Dan, this has been a pleasure. Thank you for talking a mile a minute and getting all this stuff in here. <laughs> no, thanks so <laughs> we much. We covered for a lot me. of ground. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I appreciate what you're doing and look forward to collaborating with you further. And to those of you tuning in, listening, what you're doing makes a difference. Learning about who your kids are, what makes them tick and how they function in the world is, is a huge part of supporting them and becoming the amazing adults they have the capacity to be. So thanks for being here, for checking it out. And we'll see you on the next podcast. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.